excited tonight because I know we're going to hear from the Word of the Lord. I have talked with these two guys, and, and Scott's going to be sharing with us in just a minute, and then Pastor Mark's going to come up behind that. And um, I'm going to start with a video here, but I just want you guys to know tonight this to receive what the Lord has for you. I, I want you to know tonight, I know this is the Word of the Lord for us tonight. And... Um, I, it's awesome because it doesn't have to come from me. It's coming from my brothers tonight, and uh, I know the anointing of God is upon them. So as, uh, as they share tonight, just, um, just open yourselves up to the Word of the Lord, and, um, and we'll start with this video. I played it a couple weeks ago, but I just felt like it was time that we needed to see it again because it was just so powerful. Most Christians never have the luxury of hearing God say fear not because they never attempt anything great enough to amend the command. If what you attempt does not scare you spitless, you are not in the will of God. I charge you not to fear the wrath of man, but to fear that you never make men angry. Fear not the attack of Satan, but fear that you never make his hit list. Fear not the unknown, but fear that you never learn what is beyond the unknown. Fear not trials and tribulation, but fear a life of ease and complacency. Fear not the God-haters, but fear God Himself. Fear not that your messages are not good, but fear that your messages are not of God. Fear not what men may say about you, but fear what God would say about you. Fear not attempting something great for God and failing. Fear rather attempting little things for God and succeeding. Fear not those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. But fear Him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So my prayer for you students is that you would not live a life free from fear, but you would live a life fearing the right things. Evening, everybody. Well, I just had a, just a, kind of a testimony of, um, of what God's been showing me and uh, on our little trip that we took and, and um, just revealed my, where I am with Him. And um, it's um, maybe not where I thought I was. But uh, here we go. And how many of you out there, when you pray, and you're you're in your closet, and you're and, you know you're facing the Lord, and you, you just say, Lord, use me, Lord, just whatever it is, I just am yours, Lord. How many of you do that? How many of you just ask that? That's that's awesome, man. Me too. The other side of that is, how many times when the Lord opens that door? and you're faced with that opportunity and you've gotten exactly what you prayed for he's going to use you and it may not be comfortable like me the same as to ask this like me maybe turn away or come up with an excuse like well there's got to be somebody better equipped to do this there's got to be somebody more trained in the word that they could they could handle this better there's got to be uh, if I just had a little more time to prepare, you know, I could do these things. And all those excuses, after I prayed with, in all sincerity to be used, and then God opens that door, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, God, it's just not the right time. 
And uh, that's kind of what I uh, experienced a little bit of. And uh, this is kind of a, what I'm going to share about. We went on a, a trip down south and into Baja and, and uh, uh, we're just blessed down there. We we love the place, and we have a church family down there that we've had for years. Um, a little bit about it: it's uh, uh, a small church. We meet outdoors under a palm deal, and it's really cool in the winter. It's really hot in the summer, and uh, but it's great. These guys love the Lord, and it's uh, 50-50. Uh, Mexicans and no, it's more than in the summertime. It's probably eighty twenty Mexicans and, and gringos, and uh, the the services are done in English and Spanish, and and it's it's awesome. And our pastor down there, uh, Evan Brown's his name, he came down to Baja to fish, surf, and smoke pot, and the Lord got a hold of him and turned his life, as we say, inside out and upside down. And uh, this guy loves the Lord. The word is just the word that comes out of this guy is so powerful, and uh, we get blessed every time we go down. He doesn't varnish anything. There's no sugar coating. It reminds me of what goes on here. Uh, it's very similar, and um, uh, we just are blessed by the teaching uh, of Pastor Evan when we go down there. Um, sometimes he gets carried away in his sermons, and when there's more Mexicans than, than gringos like me and we may go 15 minutes in Spanish but we have the Holy Spirit and, uh, and he interprets for me a lot of times and it's great it is good and uh, uh, well we were down there we went on a, a, a few days over to a, a, another little town that was oh, probably an hour and a half away and, and uh, it came uh, Sunday was coming up and we thought man I don't know if we want to drive all the way back uh, to to church there. If there's a church here, maybe we could uh, hook uh, hook up here. And we we just didn't know of any Christian churches there, and so we asked around, and and uh, a lady in one store said, "I, you know, I don't I don't know of any Christian churches, but there's a group of really nice people that meet on Saturday afternoons down here." And uh, so Darnell called them, and they said, "Yeah, we're meeting today." And so uh, we went down and. Uh, and it was just a really nice group of people, and uh, they've been meeting there for a few years. In the in the winter time, when there's more people there, it's cooler. There's probably 13 or 15, 17 of them, and uh, this time of year, six, seven, eight, because people are in the summertime. People leave. It's it's too hot. People leave, and so we we got there seven people there, and and. Um, uh, they were they were thrilled, of course, to see some outsiders and and somebody new, and and we just had a great time with them. And the hour meeting went for three hours, and mostly sharing about Ignite and what is happening in Springville, uh, what God is doing here, uh, revival, uh, uh, how strongholds are be ta- being taken down, and uh, uh, just they got excited hearing about that you know so we gave them a website check this website out you'll see and and uh, they were all excited and we asked them about their town and their town is a is uh, it's not very big maybe 5,000 in the in the town and maybe 10,000 in the area um, mostly a lot of gringos and a lot of artists and so there's a lot of new age stuff going there's a lot of crystal power and all that stuff is going on down there and there's that and there's the Catholic Church, which is mixed with 
some traditional native traditional things so it's kind of a mixed up Catholic thing going on and, and basically what they said there's a lot of darkness in this place and so man we got to pray with them about that and uh, um, it was a great time and, and uh, let Connie and Greg know about it and they started praying for that town that God would send somebody to that town they said that they've never had a church there they've had four pastors come that said yeah we're on, we're going to do this we're going to we're going to yeah we're excited we're going to make this we're going to have a church here and every one of them within a week something happened and they were gone and never heard from them again and uh, this tells you the enemy is just raising havoc in that place you know so we uh, if you think about it in your prayer time pray for pray for Todos Santos in, uh, in Baja California um they wanted to know how we found them. We said, "Hey, there's because they, they don't advertise. They kind of it's almost like they keep their heads down because they there's a slight little persecution that goes on from these new agers for these guys. You say, "Hey, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ," and boom. Um, and so you can tell they're a little they were a little shell shocked, and uh, uh, we just um, encouraged them and just to, to be bold pray for boldness and that, that God would just send the right person there to uh, to lead them and uh, you know like I said our, our little one hour meeting went for about three hours and it was just really good it was it was uh, a great time of fellowship and sharing God and, and what God's doing here mostly and so when we it was time for us to go they said hey um, would you would you bring a word for us next week? And um, door opens. You know, I'm not a pastor, you guys. You know, I love you guys. You're great, but I'm not a pastor. Uh, I'll sure come and have fellowship with you guys and stuff. And and uh, they said, okay, fine. And so I came a couple days later. They had another meeting. We came and we were leaving town that day and spent time with them and just had a great time of fellowship, listened to a teaching on a, a, a CD uh, just had a great time of prayer. These guys pray, man. We just had a great time with them. And as we were leaving, they said, Hey, um, Darnell was coming home, and, and I said, oh, But I'm going to try to come back. It's about an hour and a half, but I'm going to try to come back next week. I go, Oh, that's so great. When you come, will you bring a word? Will you share a word with us? Er, the door opens. You know, you guys, I told you I'm not a pastor, you know, uh, but I'll sure come and I'll fellowship with you guys and, and we'll do what, you know, we'll just have a, a great time. So uh, I came back and the next week and Darnell would come home and uh, up here and uh, I was still down there and I went and met with them. We had a great time and uh, a great time of prayer and, and uh, praying for their town and, and all those things and listened to another teaching on CD. And um, I was leaving, you know, had a great time with them. And they said, um, hey, uh, next, when you come next week, do you think you bring bring, could bring a message? <laughs> I was like, and the whole, t- you know, the whole time, the Holy Spirit's just banging on me. Every time I said no, the Holy Spirit was just rapping on me, rapping on me. And uh, I said, yeah, you know, I'll think about it. You know, maybe, I'm not sure. You know, a definite. I gave him a definite answer. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> so uh, I was just getting worked over by the Holy Spirit, you know. And I was talking to Greg in the meantime, and Greg's like, "Hey, you're gonna do it, right?" He told me the week before, "Hey, you're gonna do it, right?" I was like, "Oh, you know, I'm not a pastor, Greg. You know that." And and uh, I just don't know. And uh, so this time, uh, you know, I did put something together. 
I put together a, a little teaching, and and um, it it went together really well, and and God was in it, and uh, uh, just waiting for me to to do what He's asking me to do, and uh, so it was time to time to leave to go over there, and it was an hour and a half drive, and the skies are uh, clouding up. You know, there's thunderstorms in the mountains, and and there's I see thunderstorms off to the west and the east, and it's like, oh man! And of course, my my windshield wipers do not work on my car, so I'm I'm get about a half hour from home, and I start calling friends where I came from and friends where I'm going. Is it raining there? Is it raining there? Nobody answers, and um, so I'm thinking, oh Lord, I don't know what to do, and I should turn around and go back. That's what I should do. I could turn around and go back because I don't have windshield wipers and haven't had. I thought, well, I'll try them. Click. Okay, Lord, I'm on my way. <laughs> I get it. I'm on my way. So, I, long story short, I went, and uh, and of course, here, <laughs> here's another great thing. I'm bringing him a message on John the Baptist, a sold out guy, and I'm going to tell him how sold out John the Baptist is. Here's this guy that's so reluctant to do anything, and I'm going to tell him about this guy that's sold out. And uh, so, anyway, I went. And I, uh, I thought another thought I had was, well, if they don't ask me if I have a message, then maybe I won't. But they said, hey, did you bring something? I said, I sure did. And so we sat and we spent hours there and uh, fellowshipping, looking into God's word, and uh, uh, discussing John the Baptist. And it was just a, a great time. And whether they were blessed or not, I don't know. But man. I was truly blessed in that. You know what I mean? I was truly blessed in that. And um, and it, <laughs> the applause should have been for the first time when I did it and didn't say no. Um, so it, I just um, can hardly wait to meet with them again. Um, uh, they're just such a great group of... They love God. Some of them have been down there 30 years uh, waiting for a church to be built in that place. And uh, I just love to be able to see that happen down there for them. And uh, uh, as I was putting this together here and, and thinking about it, you know, I came across this word from um, Oswald Chambers in uh, what is it? My I'm over for his highest. What is it? Yeah. And uh, it just really spoke to me and about uh, stepping out there. For what God wants us to do, um, you got it up. Yeah. Suppose God tells us to do something that's an enormous test of your common sense, totally against it. What will you do? Will you hold back? If you get in the habit of doing something physically, you will do it every time you are tested until you break the habit through sheer determination. And the same is true spiritually. Again and again, you will come right up to what Jesus wants. But every time, you will turn back at that point of testing until you are determined to, uh, to that point of testing until you are determined to abandon yourself to God in total surrender. Yet we tend to say yes, but suppose I do do obey God in this matter, and what about? What if this happens or that happens? Fill in the blank. Or we say, yes, I will obey God if He asks, if, if what He asks me doesn't go against my common sense. 
but don't ask me to take a step into the dark. Jesus demands the same unrestrained, adventurous spirit in those who have placed their trust in him that the natural man exhibits. If a person is going to do anything worthwhile, there will be times when we must risk everything by his leap into the dark. In the spiritual realm, Jesus Christ demands that you risk everything you hold on to or believe through common sense and leap by faith into what he says. Once you obey, you will be immediately you will immediately find what he says is solidly consistent as common sense. True. By the test of common sense, Jesus Christ's statements may seem mad or crazy to us. But when we test them by the trial of faith, your findings will fill your spirit with an awesome, with the awesome fact that they are the very words of God. Amen. Trust completely in God, and when He brings you to a new opportunity of adventure, offering to you, offering it to you, and that's how I like to see, is that the great way to see it is an opportunity of adventure, not a place to be scared spitless as the video said, an opportunity of an adventure, offering it to a. Uh, to you, see that you take it. We act like pagans in a crisis. Only one out of an entire crowd is daring enough to invest his faith in the character of God. You know, it just again, it's just it hammers home that trust him. There's going to be a fulfillment. There's going to be a fulfillment in our spirit. There's going to be a joy in our spirit. He is going to meet our need in that time of stepping out, stepping off that ledge, stepping into the into the darkness, as he says there. It's like um, I want to read uh, Matthew um, four eighteen through um, twenty two. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting their net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. At once they left their nets and followed him. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in the boat with their father, Zebedee preparing their nets. Jesus called them and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. These guys, they'd probably, they'd probably seen him. They probably heard him. They knew he was around. And um, here he was walking down the beach and these guys are doing what they do, fish. It's what they know. It's what they do. And he walks by and says, come, follow me. And they lay down everything. They turn their backs on their livelihood. Excuse me. Their livelihood, their families. They walked away from their father. Everything that they knew, everything that was real to them, they walked away from and followed. And it's, it's crazy. Jesus chose these fishermen. He was God. He could have chosen any, he could have chosen kings. He could have chosen priests, but no, he chose fishermen. First Corinthians one twenty seven. But God chose the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world that He may put shame on the strong. 
So, as they're following Jesus, somewhere between chapter 4 and chapter 28, He makes these guys, He turns them from fishermen into disciples and fishers of men. And after His ascension, and the second chapter of Acts, and they're in the upper room, there's 120 of them that are, there have been thousands following Him. Thousands. And they're in the upper room, there's 120 of them. The Holy Spirit, bang, falls on them. Peter goes out from there. The first Christian message, 3,000 are converted to Christ in that message. Christ wants all of us. He wants us to make that commitment to follow Him. And when we do that, He wants not a piece of us. He wants all of us. Everything. All of us. The Christian life becomes an outflowing or an outliving of the indwelling of Christ. He gives us His righteousness to replace our unrighteousness. His Spirit fills our spirit. His love becomes our love. His joy becomes our joy. His mind becomes our mind. His desires become our desires. His will becomes our will. His power becomes our power. Amen? And I've, I've gone through all this and said all this. Just to, that's where God is dealing with me, is in, is in commitment. It's more than just wanting to be used. It's more than just willing to be used. God, You know my heart. Yes, He knows my heart. That's the problem. (laughs) It's stepping out of the boat and trusting Him when it shakes our security and fights our common sense. It just, you know, and it just showed me that, you know, last week Pastor Mark, during our pre-service prayer time, was speaking about the our heart of stone being replaced by the heart of flesh, you know, and that's that's one of those things that you know when you hear things here it's still, all week it's been with me, and it's Ezekiel thirty six twenty six, and I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take you, I will take out your stony, stubborn heart, and give you a tender, responsive heart. And through this, what God had just showed me is yes, He has given me a new and a tender heart. But there's still a few stony places in it that need to be worked on. Thank you, guys. God bless you, brother. Okay, for Pastor Scott. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha,